Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This episode of the podcast is covering Season 8, Episode 4 of Game of Thrones. Uh, me and Matt got, uh, we were both a little uh, on opposing sides of the Mad Queen debate, so that was a fun little debate. It didn't get heated. We were very understanding of both viewpoints. It was it was very nice conversation. Um Next week is Matthew Skirky and Matt Purcell. Uh, we're going to do an episode beforehand, and then we're going to do a raw episode after um, the last episode um, because I don't want to make them drive down to the city and do an episode at my place. So I hope you all enjoy. Uh, make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, yell at me, whatever. I don't really care. Hope you all enjoy. Thank you for listening. Bye. here with matt purcell and i it's just us two this time how you doing i'm doing well man how are you good how's your mother's day been so far so far so good uh you know we went out to uh, mother's day brunch with the two families and oh wow yeah so you got a whole squad together. yeah unfortunately we had to we had to exclude a few people but they uh they had told us prior that they weren't gonna go and then change their mind gotcha my sister came into town, and it was like <laughs> the restaurant was already at capacity, so it was right. a, it was a thing. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, you know, I wanted to start off the episode by giving everyone a quote, since uh, I've seen a lot of talk about this topic um, this past week, with basically saying, you know, the the events that have now transpired with with the war and and all of these things um you know Danny has lost so much in the last two episodes that people are like oh she's turning into the mad king she, she's or you know she's now the mad queen and and all of this and she's going to be this tyrant essentially and it's the war of the mad queens yeah right it's going to be the title of this yeah, the title of this next episode, The War of the Mad Queens. That'd be sick. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like everyone is very quick to jump on that bandwagon of being like, oh, you know, she is the offspring of the Mad King, so she has to be, you know, she has to be teetering on this edge. And it's like, the the quote that I wanted to, that I wanted to say here is... Um, it's from the book uh, Sword of Storms, and it's in the Daenerys uh, 6 chapter. And Sir Barristan Selmy says to Daenerys Targaryen, he says, King Jaehaerys once told me that madness and greatness are two sides of the same coin. Every time a new Targaryen is born, he says, the gods toss the coin in the air, and the world holds its breath to see how it will land. So essentially, you know, Jaehaerys told Jaehaerys was the the king before the Mad King. Yeah. And Barristan Selmy served Jaehaerys, the Mad King, Robert Baratheon, yep. and then went to when he was dismissed, went to Essos and served for Danny. He's such a badass. You don't get a name like <laughs> yeah. Barristan the Bold for not being an amazing, right. amazing person. You know, he yeah. 
he ended the war of the nine penny kings in in single combat yep um he was also like named to the king's guard super young he was he was the youngest but then um jamie lannister yeah was when he was sworn to the king's guard at like 16 yeah, yeah jamie yeah. lannister became the youngest yeah but uh barristan selmy started or he enlisted in a in a tournament when he was like 13 years old <laughs> and he went up against like grown grown men you know yeah, knights yeah. and things like that and he was given the nickname barristan the bold because of that, because he was like right. 13 years old going up in the lists. and Bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. Let's see how it pans out for him. <laughs> bold strategy, Cotton. That's so good. Um, well, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to discuss this Mad Queen thing because I'm on the side of the Mad Queens. Um, obviously, we all know Cersei's mad. There does need no discussion for that. Well, yeah, I mean, we... <laughs> I don't know if Cersei's necessarily mad per se or if she is just ruthless. Ruthless. Yeah. Like that's really what it is. She has zero care for anyone or anything right. in her way. You know, the the common folk citizens of King's Landing and the and the surrounding areas don't mean anything to her. Right. And she hasn't done anything like toward she hasn't done anything towards them to be crazy as crazy as Ares. right yeah right i mean Ares. don't Ares get Targaryen, me wrong she blew up the sept so that's this a little crazy is you know i mean it, it could also be the the just oppose of that could also say like she was protecting her family she was protecting her son you know the the faith militant had gotten out of control yeah and you know the tyrells were were taking root you know, Marjorie Tyrell was taking root in Tommen's head. I mean, for right, for Christ's she sake, had control. She gave she gave him. You know, she gave him some action. As soon as as soon as a young boy gets action for the first time, depending on you know the situation. Obvi- obviously, uh, Joffrey had no interest in that. Joffrey At was all. a psychopath who just wanted to torture, murder, and you know, and and hurt people and things. Um, but uh, a normal, somewhat normal, adolescent male, like yeah. that's that's a that's a powerful weapon right. that Marjorie had at her disposal to get Tommen to do mm-hmm. whatever right, she wanted, right, right. you know. And Cersei looked at that like when she blew up the Sep, that was her taking control and protecting her son, herself, her family. Right. You know, the the power, of course, the power of everything for her is about the power. So, you know, she was protecting the power along with all the other things that were more, like, meaningful. Now, this whole idea that Daenerys is now going to turn into the quote-unquote mad queen, it bothers me in the sense of, like, so she's being held to a... She's being she's being held to this expectation that because she's the daughter of the Mad King, that she's gonna be she's gonna be mad herself. And you know they use the word mad, and that's the mad is not angry. That's not what they're that's, that's not what they're saying. It's they're insane. saying that it's yeah that it it is you know that there's mental yeah. you know instability and things like right. that. I mean for for from that resp- or that definition mm-hmm. 
we could say that King Joffrey was mad. Oh, he was definitely mad. He was definitely <laughs> he was mad. Definitely and he mad. was and he wasn't a He was born of incest. Well, uh, yes, yes, we know that, but he wasn't a Targaryen. He yeah, was a Lannister. But incest is basically the same thing. No, no, I get whatever that. family does. <laughs> I under I understand that. And that's why the quote, you know, is so right. on the nose because, you know, he says that madness and greatness are two sides of the same coin and when a targaryen is born the gods flip the coin and the people hold their breaths waiting yeah. to find out where that coin's going to land is going to land on greatness or madness you know and up to this point we've seen greatness from daenerys correct but we haven't seen true adver- i mean we've seen a lot of adversity don't get me wrong but we haven't seen the true adversity that she has experienced over the last two, three episodes. I mean, in that time, well, not even two or three episodes. I mean, this goes back to the last two episodes of season seven. Right. Also, you know, she loses the first dragon. She then loses the Dothraki. She loses um, Jorah. She loses a second dragon, and she loses Masande, her best female friend. Right, and in the last season, she lost most of her fleet. Right. So I, I, so this is where my- you're losing a war. There's going to be anger and and right, you know, and 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 revenge and all of that vengeance and that stuff. To to be labeling that as madness, you know, in the sense of like she's gone crazy and lost mental capabilities I think is really quick. You know, if she starts torturing people here in the next, you know, like her, like her father, the way that her father killed, um, Rickard and Brandon Stark, Ned's father and brother, like that's madness, dude. You're burning people alive. She's already done that, but she did that in war. This was in a time of essentially peace. Correct. So, I think so. We've had all this build up. Masande's Masande is the last straw, obviously. Absolutely. Masande is the last straw for Danny. Um, she lost Jorah. She knew she was going to lose Jorah, Jorah, or most likely lose Jorah because he was always going to be the one right next to her, right on, by her side, killing the White Walkers and trying to protect her. So we got that. She accepted that. She's sad about it. She's still mourning, which is why this situation is so fucked. Because she just lost so much, like you said. And I'm going to pull it. I pulled a quote from uh, the killing joke. The Batman killing joke. Uh, comic book slash graphic novel. We're going to call it a comic book, but it's thick like graphic novel. All it takes is one bad day to reduce the sanest man alive to lunacy. That's how far the world is from where I am. Just one bad day. Danny had a few bad months in the last season. And she just had a really bad day. But still had people to keep her locked on the ground. Right. She just lost the other person that locks her down the most. Her and Jorah and... Jorah and Masande were her over even over Tyrion. Tyrion's just her hand. Right. But the two people that have been with her and by her side the whole time learning from her and she's learning from them are gone. 
Mm-hmm. And she had to stand there and watch Masande get executed by... There's no cure for being a cunt. <laughs> and Cersei's a cunt. Yeah. Cersei's uh And so... I... I'm on the side that Danny might go mad. I'm not saying that she's already mad, but in this episode, the coin is literally spinning. Now. Yeah, but but what that like after you flip a coin, if you land it right, it sometimes like rolls. Yeah, <laughs> rolls I, under- I understand that, and you know the Mad King didn't go mad until until he was older in his life, right? Because Tywin became Tywin Lannister became the hand of the king to to Ares Targaryen and Ares and Tywin fought together. Yep. They were, you know, they were soldiers together. They fought in the war of the nine penny Kings together. Um, and they became friends in that way. And Tywin was named hand of the King to Ares Targaryen and the realm prospered for years and years. And, then it started to become clear that Tywin Lannister was running the show. Yeah. And Aerys Targaryen started to believe that Tywin was conspiring against him. Right. That they were, you know, that people were trying to steal his throne, all of this kind of stuff. And his paranoia became madness to him. Right. And that's how, so he didn't become, He it wasn't like he was a kid like Joffrey yeah. who was, you know. A spoiled a, little brat. A, a spoiled, I mean, I'm sure he was a spoiled brat to a certain sense, but he also, you know, was trained to be a ruler, trained to. Be ruler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Cer- do all of Cersei, that kind of Cersei stuff. Cersei didn't teach him nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I mean. Whatever. Joffrey was just the just the bad egg in the whole situation. <laughs> but th- what I'm saying is, you know, with yeah, yeah, with yeah. Ares turning turning mad and going slipping into his madness, it was not a overnight thing. It was years and years of him right. feeling a certain way and and reacting to right. the people and things around him. So with Danny where she's at right now like i'm i'm aware that she could she could go slide into madness right you know especially with john being now a targaryen because i found another quote um over this over the past week or so um not really i don't know if it's a quote but it's a, a excerpt from the show or from the books i'm sorry and it says um According to the Great Council of 101 AC, a male claimant to the Iron Throne will always go before a female claimant. Right. You know, so that was 101 years after Aegon's conquest. Yeah. And the the Great Council made that ruling. So as far as the laws of Westeros go, you know, Danny wants to bring it back to Targaryen rule. Well, under Targaryen rule... There was a great council that made a law. made made up this law, made up this ruling. Yeah. I and think that's what's <clears throat> also going to help create would be another catalyst for essentially turning her to madness, just because 
we saw it in the last episode and two episodes before that when mm-hmm. John and her are talking of the topic that he is who he is. Right. Every time he tries to re- reassure her and tell her everything's going to be okay, she gives him an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. And flips that face from kindness to I'm looking at you like I'm your enemy and I will burn you alive. Right. She's given that look to Tyrion. She's given that look to Jorah, to Varys, to most people who try and question or, yeah, to question her. But John's not questioning her. John is telling her, I don't want this throne I'm going to tell my family because they deserve to know because they're my family. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if whoever's a fan of the show and you already mentioned it. Everybody does everything for their family. Mm -hmm. Jamie does things for his family. Mm -hmm. Jorah did things for his family. All that. She's going. She's she's allowing. She's getting this jealousy. She's getting this all overloaded onto her. Like you said, Aries was over time. Danny's is one. It's been a buildup over time of her gaining power. Well, now this power is tilting because mm-hmm. we open up with the you know we open up with John's speech, and then we go to the party, and Tormund is just hammered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he and he is not. You know, he has no filter. He has no. Well, I mean, he doesn't even. He doesn't even think of that because that's not the way the free folk live. Right. And, you know, it was funny in that scene because it's one of those things where it's like you're not the one. You know, for Danny, she's not the one that everyone rallies around right. necessarily. And, I mean, people do rally around her. Yeah, but, but, they, but they're, they're dying. Not in the north. Right. Not in the north. You know, in the north, they're going to rally around John. They're going to, you know, John is their hero. And for her to get super butthurt about that is. Well, and another Stark is actually the hero. Right. Arya is the actual hero. Right. Right. And John's their king. Arya wants nothing to do with a feast anyways. Right. I think I thought that was pretty funny. And I thought it was so awesome what Danny did, you know, like she did show a huge, like a, a big, big move to the entire North when she stopped Gendry and legitimized him. and legitimized him and made him the Lord of Storm's end. Yeah. You know, and I thought that whole scene was really, I really liked that. You're not the only one who can be clever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a little backhanded here. Yeah, right. That was that was good too. Um, but it just it it's funny to see this the character of Gendry because for the longest time I knew that that was gonna happen at some point. I had I didn't know it was gonna happen, but I had a really good feeling that whether it was John who names. Gendry, Lord of uh, Storm's End, because Storm's End has been sitting vacant, essentially, since Renly Baratheon was murdered by the 
by the uh, yeah, because Stannis is the just shadow. Been traveling around. Well, no, Stannis was named the Lord. So after the rebellion had been oh, right. won, he, he was uh, Dragonstone. Right, He's the Lord of Dragonstone. After, after Robert's rebellion had been won, um, well, before King, before King's Landing was sacked by the Lannister army. That led to Mad King Eris getting stabbed in the back by Jamie Lannister and all of that. The Mad King had ordered for his pregnant sister wife yep. and his son, his youngest son, Varys Targaryen, to leave drag or to leave uh, King's Landing and mm-hmm. go to Dragonstone after the city had been sacked and. Ned took the throne in Robert's name. Yeah. <clears throat> Robert. Oh, and then Ned went down and lifted the siege at Storm's End because Stannis was holding Storm's End throughout Robert's Rebellion. Right. And the one of the first battles was the Battle of Ashford, and Robert's forces lost the Battle of Ashford. And Mace Tyrell marched to uh, set up a siege at, Storm's End and cut off Storm's End from the rest of Robert's army. Right. So Stannis was holding the castle of Storm's End and just basically sat there starving for the entire war. Until Davos came with and some then, onions. Yeah, and then Davos came with onions and, and bread, I believe. And, you know, they had to, they ate all the dogs, they ate all the horses, right. they ate all the rats. Like they ate everything that they could, that they could eat. And it almost got to the point where they were going to eat their dead. Yeah. Um, but bring out your dead. <laughs> <laughs> after the war, after after Robert took the crown mm-hmm. um, or the throne, and Ned lifted the siege at Storm's End, Robert ordered Stannis to go to Dragonstone and root out the last three Targaryens right. and, and kill them. And they had been moved prior to Stannis getting there. They went over to Essos, and the mother died during during childbirth, uh, having Daenerys. So it was just Varys and Daenerys, and um, you know they had a, a small party that they were in Essos with. And after time, they didn't have any money, so you know the only people that were following them were the extreme loyalists and mm-hmm. things like that. So. Robert got super pissed off at Stannis because Stannis, Stannis left two Targaryens out there in the world that could always right. claim the throne. So in a way to punish Stannis, Robert gave their ancestral home to his youngest brother, Renly. So Renly was the Lord of the Stormlands, um, Lord of... Storm's he was also end. on the High Council. Yeah, he was named to the High Council, but he was his dominion was the Stormlands. Even though he spent all of his time in King's, King's Landing, Landing. Yeah. like when when uh, Tywin was hand of the king to the Mad King, right? He was in uh, he was in King's Landing yeah, for yeah, twenty yeah. years, right? You know, and Jamie even says that Jamie said that um, Tywin brought Cersei to court in King's Landing, mm-hmm. and. They were separated from one another. Jamie right. Jamie was back at King or at Casterly Rock. Right. Cersei was in King's Landing. Can't separate the two. And then when Jamie was named to the to the to the gold cloaks, 
or I'm sorry, to the Kingsguard. Um, Tywin got so pissed off because it was a direct slight that King Aerys would take Jaime Lannister, Tywin's eldest son, the in his heir to Casterly Rock, and name him to the Kingsguard. And Tywin renounced his... Be, he, he resigned as Hand of the King and went back to right. Casterly Rock and he took Cersei with him. Yeah. So <laughs> they had this weird, like, shift. Yeah. Like, it was intended that Jamie would be put on the King's Guard, Cersei would still be in King's Landing, and they would be able to be together. Right. But that all <laughs> unfolded, and then Tywin was like, fuck you, I'm out. I'm not going to you know? take my daughter with me. Well, and that was just kind of like the thing between Jamie and Cersei. Right. Because they were like teenagers and they were trying to, like, bang all you the know, time, be in love and all of this kind of stuff. Oh, that shit. <laughs> that shit is. I, yeah. I'm. I'm so like over that relationship. The. I think. I think we are all all over that fucking relationship. Well, it's because he's not a bad person. He's just. He's just in love with a bad person. With, yeah, exactly. And he, and he, you know, he's showing her loyalty, and you know, there. He was. Jamie was right. You know, we had that whole interaction with. Uh, Jamie and Tyrion and Brienne and Pod at the feast. Podrick doesn't even say anything. No, no, no. Podrick doesn't get too much going. No, that's okay. He comes back in a little later scene and leaves the room with two ladies with his magic cock. With his magic <laughs> cock, yes. Yes. He's fine. He doesn't need lines. No, he just he needs doesn't. to be whispering in ladies' ears, slaying mm-hmm. it. Yep. He's got something going on. He's really... He's really blossomed, yeah, over the last like two seasons, yeah. yeah. Um, well, the thing with the whole Tyrion, Pod, Brienne, and Jamie, while Tormund is hyping up John and talking all his Tormund talk, they focus on Danny, and she starts looking around and noticing that everybody is with someone else, right. and Varys is just in her peripherals, which she kind of finds annoying because obviously she she takes Varys's counsel but she still has that little like i know who you are and what well, you Var- are Varys is a strange one because Varys is you know he he keeps saying it he is not serving any one king or queen right he's serving the realm yeah which is a great person to have but when it comes to loyalty you know these rulers these authoritarian dictator monarchs you know all of these types of people who believe that they are the the supreme leader and and all of this they expect their subjects their followers to be blindly loyal regardless of whether they're doing great things or terrible things and what really drives me crazy with this whole danny thing is and i understand that it is you know, some type of monarch slash dictatorship, authoritarianism, whatever. Um, but this theory that they have to be absolutely loyal to me and should be showering me with compliments and praise and everything, it's it's seated in the wrong place because, you know, as far as John's concerned, it's a team effort. You know, oh, yeah. they, they they won the Battle of Winterfell as a team. They will continue as a team. Right. 
you know, and, let's and just that keep kind of stuff. everybody safe and let's have the world prosper. And and that is that is the teachings of the Night's Watch. Right. You know, and that's why I think John is so great as a character because he has these teachings that he has this he has this attitude that he is not meant for anything. Yeah. Therefore nothing should be just given to him. Yeah. Um, which is amazing, and that's what you want for your leader is someone who's yeah. not pompous and not, you know, well, it's my way or the highway or I choose this and everyone should be telling me how great I am. You know, and that's the kind of stuff with the Danny storyline that, like, really has bothered me at times is when she, like, gets super defiant to people and, like, you know, tells them I am the queen and all this shit because, you know, Tywin said it to Joffrey at one point in a season past, he said, any king who has to tell people that he is king is no, is king. no king. You know, and then he sent him to bed. Right. You know, and it's like, I've always thought that about Danny whenever she's telling people, I am, you know, the Khaleesi of the great grass. I am the mother of dragons. I am the bri- breaker of chains. My dragons, my children, all of this kind of stuff. It's like, you don't have the right mindset because right you don't need to tell people what you do mm-hmm. you and john to... never does it no he just you know so it. that's like i don't know if that's an intentional like easter egg or anything like that but it's a subtle thing that was said for a reason right back in season two or season three yeah and yes the reason in the um, in that immediate time was that he was counseling joffrey he was counseling joffrey and joffrey was a terror you know yeah. i mean he was a terrible terrible person right um but it also you know now five or six seasons later it's like oh wow that could be something that like john's never told anyone that he is king i am the king in the north yeah he's never he he doesn't davos had to say that when him and danny first met he doesn't he doesn't want to be known as king in the north he doesn't want to be known as you know the commander of the night's (laughs) watch even when even when Sam nominated him for, you know, for to be the night to be the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, he the like, look yeah he was the like, look that he gave Sam was like don't don't do that yeah don't like, you dare yeah you know he, he he's John's very modest he's, right he's he's just an all around he's an honorable guy he's like Ned he just he sticks to his code obviously mm-hmm. he broke an oath with Egret but that's okay we love Egret. Um, but did he really break the oath? Yeah, I don't, he said, I, mean, I am yours and you are mine. Obviously, um, they weren't like married. married. True, they true. weren't uh, under the eyes of the seven or the old gods. They weren't married, but they said the words, I am yours and you are mine. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. <laughs> so he did break an oath. And who knows? She could have been pregnant. We just saw her die too soon. Yeah, but. Because they were shagging. I mean, Sam, Sam absolutely has broken his oath. He, he he's Remember, he's pardoned. He has an automatic pardon from Danny and from John. Do you think that Sam? So, let's just hypothetically say that you know Danny wins the Great War or the the Last War, all of right. this. You know, goes into Targaryen rule. Do you think she will pardon Sam, make him the Lord of Hornhill? Samuel Tarly, the Lord of <laughs> Hornhill. I mean, he's got Heartsbane back. So. He has he has Heartsbane, and he is technically the last male heir. Right, and the thing is, is, 
Are we going to? We're not. We're not going to get that. Far. Are we going to reassemble the Night's Watch? Because they're all dead. And if they aren't, there's one left, and he's not an important character. I think killing Ed was a like just showing signified. Us, yeah, signified well, that. I mean, it it the, could be it could be that they keep that they keep all of the old ways, right? Because that's just how life goes. You keep the old ways, and you know now we have Lord Commander. We have experience, yeah, with the night with the the Night King. So now. You know, a lot more people know that it's a real thing, and what the what a lot of the, um, what a lot of the lords will do is they will send people. They will properly man the knights or the the wall, right? You know, basically, yeah, that would make sense. Rebirth it, yeah, to because, to its former I mean, glory because it's so important. We, it, it, we, it is, and the wall was created after the first long night, right? And you know, and that's when it was like at its strongest, at its peak, was after it was created and right. after it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, when people still remembered how needed it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it became was, this thing it, in the background, right. out of sight, out of mind. That's right. what it became. It, it became out of sight, out of mind. It, you know, it was like the opening scene of of episode one, season one of Game of Thrones was. The, the the guy who was a, sh- a shithead to the other two, the Night's Watchman ranger yeah, was, who was an asshole. Yeah, he was a ranger. He was, um, they didn't say it in the show, but in the books, uh, Lord Royce was had brought his youngest son to the wall. Okay. So a lot of times back in the history of the wall, a lot of times what would happen was that you had great families that had multiple sons yeah that's what benjen was well yeah benjen was kind of that but they also kind of think that benjen knew um that liana was pregnant with rhaegar's son and by benjen going to the wall that was his way of never being able to tell that but to give that but ned knew that ned knew it you think he, maybe he was kind of like a scapegoat? Like kind of how like Holland Reed is basically like John's scapegoat right now? Like like the actual confirmation of well, yeah. John's identity from a person? Yeah. You think maybe even though the wall is more dangerous than the north in the time in the in the peaceful time period that Ned and Benjen were in their 20s. Yeah, but Ned or Benjen wasn't needed in in Winterfell. Yeah, but he's still a badass. Yeah, he was he was a badass, but he could go to the north like so, like so many youngest sons of great right. houses did throughout history, you know, where they would go to the wall and they would serve they would serve the realm in that sense. Right, and espe- right. especially especially northern houses, it was like they were right there. They knew the importance of the wall where southern houses wouldn't really send anybody, you know, sons or noble people or whatever like they wouldn't send anybody right, that's why they had to resort to going through the dungeons of all those places and just right. taking thieves and rapists and yeah. murderers exactly exactly yeah um but benjen stark like i think it was said that he excuse me it was said that he had a extremely close relationship with liana because liana was only a few years older than him 
and they grew up very close to one another. Ned was being fostered in the Erie. Brandon was be, the, learning, wild, yeah. the wild wolf. You know, he was doing his own thing, being right. the oldest. So Liana and Benjamin had a very, very close relationship. And the theory is, one of the theories that I've heard is that when Liana was, quote-unquote, kidnapped by Rhaegar, she wasn't actually kidnapped, and she was sending ravens to Benjen. And oh, Benjen, okay. Benjen knew the whole story, the true story, right from the get-go. Wow. And Benjen, due to his age and you know the promises that he made to his sister Liana, did not say anything to anybody. Right. And then all of the events that transpired. And due to the guilt that he had of not saying anything, he was pushed he pushed himself into serving at the Night's Watch to, you know, be away from Winterfell and his family to not remind him of, you know, the fact that he didn't say anything because he was keeping right. Liana's secret. But he also was hurting everyone else around yeah. him because he he hadn't said anything. Um, you know, I mean, Liana made made Ned's promise to her about John. There's a good possibility that, you know, if Liana and Benjen had so much contact that she had told him that she was pregnant and yeah. it, he knew that it was Rhaegar's child. And then, right. lo and behold, because Benjen didn't go to the wall uh-huh. until a few years after... Um, the end of or you know until Robert, right, right, right. when Robert won the war and everything. Yeah, when Ned came back with John. So, Benjen knew that Ned returned with you know in this theory, Benjen would have known that Ned returned with Liana's yeah. child with Rhaegar. Yeah. So that all being said, it's like that's pretty cool to yeah. me. I think that's pretty cool that they would be, um. That, that that could be like a thing right is that holland reed knows benjen would have known you know obviously in the show benjen's essentially gone right you know i mean he put john on the horse john <laughs> rode away and there was he an was, explosion <laughs> he was just yeah consumed by whites right um i i i enjoyed that uh when i enjoyed the scene when aria when uh gendry finds aria you know shooting her bow and she turns him down it's a it's very similar to it. I, I think it's a callback to Liana turning down uh, Robert. But Liana, I mean, yes, there's there's definitely those connections, those right. similarities. Liana never turned Robert down. She just, she never had a face to face like right. like Arya did with with Gendry and was just like you know you're gonna make a great lord, but that's not me. Yeah. You know, Liana Liana Stark was essentially forced to do she was going to be forced to do things that she would not have wanted to do that would have been right. against who she is because she is very similar to Arya. Yeah. You know, um or Arya is very similar to her. They said that Arya looks like Lyanna Stark or looked like Lyanna Stark. Um you know, she had the the traits of uh of a Stark of Winterfell. She had Right. You know the the dark brown hair, the gray eyes, the long face, yeah. all of these things. Whereas most of the other children of Ned between Ned and Catelyn Stark had very strong Tully features. 
red or auburn hair, right, right, right. soft skin, you know, all of these kinds of things. John and Arya, that's why in the books they had such a close connection right. is because those two looked the closest to right. one another, you know, which would have been indicative to the fact that like, well, John's a Stark through, through Ned's sister, Lyanna, who takes after she, John takes after Lyanna in the looks department. You know? Oh yeah. He doesn't have the, the Targaryen features. Yeah, Barry. Like what would have happened if John showed up or if Ned showed up to, um, Winterfell and John had gold hair and purple eyes, or not gold hair, uh, silver hair and purple eyes. I he, Robert would have known. Yeah, I mean, it would have been. It would it would have been. A, Catelyn would have never had a problem with the kid. Right, she would have right. known, like, oh shit, we got to take care of this child. Mm-hmm. Like, it would. She would have known that it's not Ned's bastard. Right. Yeah, like John. I, the scene with Beric when they go north, he's like, you must take after your mother because you don't look anything like your dad mm-hmm. if that's supposed to be your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Wait, when did Beric say that? When they go north. When the when the so Magnificent Bar- Seven go north. <laughs> so <laughs> the A-team? A- yeah, the A-team. <laughs> the dream team. Right. Um, <laughs> I loved that episode. Dude. That, that was so good. so fucking Quit good. Quit your whinge. <laughs> so You're the one good. they called the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You want to suck my dick? Is that it? <laughs> dick. Dick. Cock. <laughs> oh, I like it. Dick, I like it. <laughs> so good. Um, oh, dude, that's this, when Brienne stands up Tormund and his heart, you just watch his heartbreak, yeah. and then the, right after following, he's crying behind the hound <laughs> like a little girl, dude. <laughs> the hound's not, just not having it. And then we get Sansa. Who goes and sees the hound? Which I I was I was very I was I like that interaction when he's yeah because like, he's very he's he's very Clegane right when she walks up to him he's trying to get her to go away he's like I don't want to fucking talk to you and then she's like yeah but he got his own he's like well how'd you do it hounds mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like you know if you would have come with me none of that none of that would have happened and then she's like. Well, I'd still be a little bird if I did come with you. And then, you know, he does gives his little smirk and accepts that it's true. Because yeah. both Stark girls have become so so ruthless. And mm-hmm. he knew them when they were babes. And yep. now they're just hard. I mean, Sansa's hard. growth. Sansa's growth throughout the entire series. I love it. Is amazing. Like, she was always a character. Sansa, Sansa Stark was always a character. That anytime they did, you know, a, a quick little scene on her, I was always like, oh, who gives a shit? You know, like <laughs> Sansa was not. I mean, I even kind of felt that way for the first few seasons with Daenerys. I was like, I don't care about her. Yeah. I don't. This isn't what I want to be seeing, you know. And I, and I remember having a conversation with my sister and brother-in-law a few years ago. And my sister was like, oh, the mother of dragons. So good. My brother-in-law was like, that. that's my favorite storyline. And I was like, I don't like that storyline at all. I like, like being North. <laughs> yeah, I like, no, I, it's not even that. I like, um, I like being in Westeros. I just like that type right. of, that type of stuff. You know, I loved when they went down to Dorne. I loved when they were, um, when they were in the Riverlands, yeah. when they were at the, you know, when they went to the Freys, when they went to. Tull or river run with the Tullys, um, 
you know, I mean, we didn't really see anything in, uh, we didn't see anything at Casterly Rock until last season, and that was just whatever. <laughs> um, and then also again with High with Garden. High Garden, we yeah, didn't yeah, see anything. Yeah. We did see Sam and Gilly show up at Horn Hill at his yeah, we at got his a family's. Little, yeah. We got a little bit in uh, Old Town, which was cool. Yep. Um, but you know, I mean, it was like the inn, the inn of the crossroads in the Riverlands right. was cool. Um, and then you got, uh, I saw, I saw a video meme this past week where they were, maybe it was in, within the last two weeks. I've seen it a few times Yeah, where they took the scene of Hoster Tully's funeral yeah. where they push the boat down the river and Edimir Tully has to shoot the flaming arrow to light yeah. the, and he keeps missing it. And at the bottom of the video, it said, uh, what did it say? It said something like, uh, Game of Thrones theories we, we all thought could be possible, or Game of Thrones theories that have been debunked or something like that. Oh. And every time Edimir shot uh, an arrow, it had like, John is the John is Azora High, and the arrow like goes <laughs> shooting off. It was pretty funny. And but I was after a while of seeing it, seeing the same one, I was like, I love that fucking scene, dude. Like yeah. that whole time when Rob and Catelyn were at River Run was great because yes, they painted Edimir as as a f- f- bumbling idiot and. You know the yeah, black really a serious character, yeah. right? And the blackfish was you know a badass motherfucker, <laughs> oh, you know. But the blackfish in the books, the blackfish was with Liza Tully the whole time. Oh, really? Well, not really the whole time, but so he came back from the War of the Nine Penny Kings. Yeah, Hoster Tully was a little bit older than everyone else, right? So Brendan Tully, the blackfish was relatively the same age as like Tywin you know right around like Tywin Lannister and Barristan Selmy and those guys and everything and he was he was a hero of the war of the nine penny kings like right. he came back a badass motherfucker yeah. but the thing was that the riverlands being so strategically placed where they are right surrounded by you know three or four other um providences i guess kingdoms Mm -hmm. they got to the point where they were battles were being fought in the riverlands on a regular basis you know the north the north would come down the the south would come up or the east would come this way you know it was just like they were always being invaded they were always getting pulled into these skirmishes so the way that they combated that in the riverlands was if they if they married their children to other houses yeah then there would be more of a reason for those houses not or for those those kingdoms armies not to fight in the riverlands yeah yeah, yeah. you know so they started to fight through marriages and 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 you know spreading their bloodline throughout the kingdoms so when Brendan Tully came back, because he was not the heir of Castor, or of uh, River Run, Hoster Tully had arranged a marriage with an with a fairly wealthy house, right? And Brendan Tully didn't want it, and he <laughs> and that's when he became the Blackfish. Yeah, and he took a black trout as his sigil, his personal sigil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but if he would have 
married that lady. Yeah, yeah. During Robert's rebellion, Robert would have had the largest naval fleet. Ah. So like, <laughs> it was kind of and and Brennan Tully even said it. He was like, he was like, I'm sure my brother knew that, but I would never be the one to to remind him of it. <laughs> you know, because yeah. he did. They did have a, a strained relationship after that, but when Liza Tully was married to John Aaron and went to the went to the Erie. Sure. Brendan Tully, the Blackfish, went with her, and he was put in charge by John Aaron. He was put in charge of the Bloody Gate. So Brendan Tully was the whatever whatever the title is, the general of the Bloody Gate or something like that. So he commanded the knights, the or yeah, the Knights of the Vale that protected the Bloody Gate, and the Bloody Gate was a gate that was built in between two mountains on the only road that leads into the Erie. And they had carved out little, like, areas all throughout the mountains where the Aaron forces would see people coming. Yeah. And, like, no one would ever... People couldn't even get to the Erie, but they absolutely couldn't get through the Bloody Gate. They say it's impregnable. Mm Mm-hmm. Give me ten good men and I'll impregnate the bitch. I don't think that he could. Hey, it's Brown of the fucking Blackwater, sir. And we got a lovely moment with him, did we not? It was good. (laughs) It was definitely good. I'm very, very interested to see what Braun actually does. Right? (laughs) Because, I mean, he he could. He could. What he could do is he could just stick to his word and stick in the background and wait until the war's over and then come in or he can kill one of them even though i don't think he would even though they're they're a pair of gold-plated cunts <laughs> as he called them in this scene dude right right and, yeah and i he, love that he punched Tyrion in the nose <laughs> You broke almost, my nose. He almost shot Jamie in the face with a freaking crossbow yeah, bolt. Even on your good best, <laughs> your best days are behind you yeah. now. You can't even do that. Yeah, right. And, and uh, yeah, when he punches Tyrion, he's like, "You broke my nose. I've been breaking noses since I was your size. I didn't break your nose." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I don't. I I think I think Braun is going to stay to his word and just stick in the background and not really do anything. Yeah. I don't think he loses in this situation. I don't think Braun ever loses in any no. situation. No, he just gets like he just loses something. He doesn't lose any, he doesn't lose his life. Mm-hmm. He just temporarily gets things taken away and right. this time he's fed up. He's like, I'm done. Yeah. He's, he's like, I knew your sister was gonna die once I saw those dragons. I'm sick of this shit. Give me what I want and we'll be good. We're fine. I'm sick of just not getting what I deserve. Yeah, but the question now is: is is Cersei gonna die because because Daenerys has dragons? I mean, Daenerys has one a dragon, yeah. a dragon. I I did not see that coming, dude. No, dude. like that was such a curveball that That's it the- was insane. The <laughs> fact that freaking Euron Greyjoy. Now, mind you, it's a little far fetched that. Daenerys is cruising through the air ele- at an elevated position. Yep. And Euron Greyjoy has an entire fleet of ships hiding behind a rock. 
And all of a sudden, she comes up on this rock and out of nowhere is just getting freaking right. pelted with scorpion bolts. Like, I, A, I don't see how that's the that's a thing. Like, yes, I think that they that Daenerys overestimated and swooped in like, oh, I'll just burn down some ships. I don't give a fuck. Right. And then they've got these harpoons, you know, these these they're calling them scorpions. But, you know, I mean, it's basically a harpoon. It's basically a giant crossbow. Um, Did Jamie send Cersei information? Because Jamie leaves. He hears the information from Sansa and he books it. Could either Varys or... Or does Cersei just have that... Is Cersei like Varys? Obviously. I mean, well, you have to think about it. There would be... There would be no possibility of them coming on ships any other way. Right. So they're definitely, they would definitely be leaving... If they're if they're coming on ships, they're definitely leaving at White Harbor. Right. They're not going on the on the on the west side of the north. Yeah, yeah. Because then they'd have to come down and like loop going. around. Yeah, It'd yeah. Just loop be around. stupid. Right. Um. So. And they went back to Dragonstone. That's where they get shot down. Right. That's where Rango right. gets so shot she, down. So she. So Cersei. Cersei knows that they're going yeah. from from. White Harbor to Dragonstone because that's the only way that they can go. Yeah. So Euron is a fucking pirate. Euron's been waging war at the, sea yeah. forever. You know, I mean, there's definitely maneuvers that, that Euron knows and, and all of this, but you know, the fact that they mounted that was the smartest thing that they could have done is mount the those scorpion shooter things yeah on the back on the, the on, on the boats yeah and now they have a dragon they have an arsenal of these of of anti-aircraft defense <laughs> yeah, basically they're you know? all on yeah they're on the outside of the castle and they're most likely on most of the ships well, they've had weeks to do it well yeah i mean if they put it on the ships and just what we saw it's like i i saw on, on the internet this week i saw people being like Oh, you know the the dragon could have maneuvered and and all of this. It was like no, though there were like twenty of those bolts getting shot yeah. at a time. Yeah, like they it was a complete surprise. And then there's like twenty of these things. So yeah, he gets hit with one in the arm or something like that. It's right in the chest. Yeah, in the chest. And then like the next thing you know, he gets hit again. And then it, you know, right through the freaking neck. And it was like. <sighs> Dude, that was so crazy. (laughs) So crazy. Yeah, and then they they knock down the lead ship. They knock down Grey Worm's ship, and they take Masande. Dude, that fucking scene was nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, that whole sequence of events that transpired in a matter of three minutes was gnarly, Mm -hmm. and it just built up to what we got, the, the hand versus the hand. That was cool. I mm-hmm. like that scene. I did too. I thought it was I thought it was really cool to put these two very smart, logically thinking people in in one one on one contact with each other. And the thing with Quiburn is he's ruthless too. Yeah, and he where, also believes in his queen. Right, but whereas 
Tyrion does not want total devastation. No, not at all. Kyburn made the fucking mountain the mountain. Right. Kyburn is a shady, shady character. Oh, absolutely. He is super shady. He's been a shady character since him and Tyrion met when Tyrion was captive of... uh, Oh, my God. Catelyn Stark. That's when we meet Kyburn. Yeah. He's in that company, and then when they when Tyrion gets gets back. Wait, what do you mean he's in that company? Oh, sorry. Kyburn is in uh, Tywin Lannister's army. He's one of the healers there. Was he? Kyburn's somewhere in there. I, I haven't so, seen the episodes in a really long time, but I know it happens within that time period. So when the, mount, when the mountain sacked Harrenhal... Robin, Robin Catelyn Stark yep. showed up to Harrenhal, and there was one, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Harrenhal. That's where we find Kyburn, yes. And he was, like, dying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, they, and, and Rob, I think Rob gave him water, Yep. and he was like, what's your name, sir? And yeah. he goes, Kyburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's still in season two. I was in the same, right? Yeah, season. yeah, no, you were, you were definitely there. It was just, it was a weird thing because like where did he come from we know that he studied at the citadel because right. uh maester Pice- grand maester Pycelle was going on about that when Clyburn was first introduced right to cersei mm-hmm. when cersei first brings him into play right he's like he's a fucking abomination right he's, like, he's, he's an embarrassment oh, to the he city. was kicked out of the citadel for a reason yeah. your grace that guy, I actually, dude, I don't know if I ever told you this. You I went, did. You sent me a text. I went to a Comic Con in Grand yeah. Rapids, Michigan, and the actor who played Grandmaster Pycelle was doing autograph signing. <laughs> I got in trouble because I took a picture of him, and oh, like I wasn't shit. in line or anything. Oh, and I, I just, I was ignorant to the way that Comic Cons work. Right, and like when they're doing when a when an actor or someone's doing a panel like that, it's like. No photography because they charge for pictures. It's so stupid. Oh, okay, gotcha. But he was there. That's cool. Did you? Did you? Did Kurt text you? He sent me a picture. He met Sean Astin. Yeah. Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, he, shut he, up. He sent it to me, and I immediately thought of you <laughs> because I was like, oh my god, Shane is gonna get so amped up about this. I freaked out. I was like, you're such a jerk. I'm like, you met one of my heroes. And he also met the guy who was in the first one of the guys who was in the first season of Stranger Things. Yeah, he's Papa. Yeah. Papa. 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 Actually, they were both in Stranger Things. They were both in Stranger Things. That's funny. I I forgot about that. He was probably there was something probably, I don't know. He didn't tell me what the situation, where he was. Kurt Kurt told me that Matthew Modine, who plays Papa in uh, Stranger Things, is on the board of directors of the company that he works for. Oh, that sick. That Kurt works for. So cool. they were having like a board meeting or something. Oh, cool. Um, but I don't remember what he said about Sean yeah. Aston. Um, uh, but back to Thrones. Yeah. Because I, uh, there's a, I think we're both on the same page. Danny could go mad or not go mad, and we'll, we're just going to find out. Um, I just don't like that it's being assumed that she is mad. I think everybody's just on the hype train for it. It's like sure. the Clegane Bowl, man. Bam, bam, 
You think we're going to get a complaint we're gonna tonight? Get a <laughs> you think it's going to be tonight or do you think it's going to be next week? I don't I don't care. I don't, I don't care. care. I don't either. care what it is. I just want to see it happen. I just think it's so weird uh, that we only have two episodes left. I know, left. dude. I'm so bummed. <laughs> and furthermore, I I'm, want four more weeks, man. I'm getting real sick and tired of people shitting on this season. Um, I'm I'm with you on that. I don't get it, dude. Like what, what the hell? Why all of a sudden are people like for the last like nine years, everyone has been amped the F up over game of Thrones. And now this season comes out and everyone's like, Oh, it's terrible. Oh, this show they're, they're pulling a lost and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know what? Well, lost was doing, what Lost was doing. I never watched that show. <laughs> I didn't and they screwed up the last season. I think a lot of times that um, that TV shows and, and series and things like that, they get fatigued towards the end. And I don't think that the ending is necessarily some of the best work. I think a lot of times they're wrapping things up. They, you know, they have so much to wrap up that they just kind of gloss over a few things. That's okay. Do, do I think that that's happening okay. in Game of Thrones to a certain point? But on the other hand, they're still doing way more than what a lot of shows do. Oh, you know, yeah. They're, they're putting in, they put in way more effort and energy than a lot of shows. I think it's funny how it's critics that are getting angry, but the people who make shows aren't talking shit about it. Well, and the people who love the show aren't necessarily talking shit about it. I mean, right. I've heard some people talk shit about it, but, you know, I, the the majority of the, you know, just general citizen shit talking that I've been hearing has been people who are now, who've never watched the show before and are now, like, interested in it. And, you know, they struggle for the first few episodes. I always tell people, you got to get to the seventh episode of the first season and you'll never look back. I tell people to be generous because I understand that the show is very slow paced, but that's the beauty of the show. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the show is to build this grand story. It's a book series. Right. Like we're, we're creating a world. You're trying to, they're trying to engulf you in this world. And I tell people even, this is even kind, this is even kinder to tell people like, Hey, if you can't stick through until the end of season three, in the beginning of season four, I don't think you can make it because mm-hmm. that's when they hit the switch and turn that shit up to fucking 11 and it's nonstop from there. If you're not invested at that point, yeah, I don't believe that you'll finish the show because mm-hmm. that the red wedding and the purple wedding in succession of four episodes is literally the gnarliest shit. We get our hearts demolished our morale is completely diminished and then we get the death of the little shit that we've been waiting to see die this whole time and then later on we get the viper in the mountain right and then after that we get Mm ramsey and after that danny's taken over fucking uh essos and she's taking marine and Mm -hmm. killing all the masters and then the the sons of the harpy are introduced. There's so much shit that happens, mm-hmm. and that's when it gets cranked up. Right. Well, I usually tell people that if you can get to the seventh, if you can get through the seventh episode of the first season, that's when you see the first two main characters go away. You know, Robert goes first, Ned goes in seven. Yep. And it's like that was such a change 
that was such a game changer for me when I was watching it from the start because yeah, the first three, four episodes, I was like, I don't know, man, like I'm watching it just because I think it could be cool. Right. And then it was like the fifth episode or the fifth or sixth episode when Robert dies, I was like, Whoa, what the fuck? Like, it's one of your main characters. Like you just got rid of one of your main characters. (laughs) It's not even the end of the first season. Right. And then and our then, other main character and then, is like, like yeah, figuring like, out all the sneaky shit that's been going right. on. Right, and you're like, holy shit, like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden it's like, Joffrey, Sir Alien, give me, bring me his head. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And they actually do it. They <laughs> chop off <laughs> their head. There's no and arrow like, that comes out and saves the yeah. day. And you're like, wait, what the <laughs> fuck? You just killed off your two biggest actors in the entire series. And you're not even finished with the first season. (laughs) Like that to me was a game changer. And, you know, there are a few people that I work with who are like just getting into the show and they've both told me or a few of them have told me like that is a pretty big deal to them. Like, how do you do that? How do you come back from all of that kind of thing, you know? And they did it so well. And the fact that, you know, they're the fact that people are shitting on the eighth season it's like i just find it to be a little unfair i I think that like a lot of the viewers expectations have been so high because we've had to wait for so long yeah i mean the build-up has been i i mean the show didn't really start getting (coughs) the amount of attraction and fandom that it has at this moment it didn't start getting that until season what three or four after the red wedding after Mm -hmm. the red wedding and the purple wedding that's when it started really everybody was getting more engaged in the show and it was gaining more traction and just becoming this big thing that it started winning all of its emmys and getting more recognition from television critics and award ceremonies and all that i mean this i i i I think people are just looking to be pissed. Like, I was listening to Rogan and Kevin Hart, and Kevin Hart's just like, it's just so easy to be angry all the time yeah. and upset at things. And I, from what I'm watching on the internet with Game of Thrones, I'm like, why are we all shitting on this? Like, I try to stay away from the negativity as much as I can, but I have to, if I'm doing this Game of Thrones series, yeah, I have to look at what the community's saying. But right. I don't necessarily have to agree with them. I understand that some people are angry about certain things. Like, don't get me wrong. I didn't care for the Brienne and Jamie thing. Like, yeah. I get it. It was, they've been building up to it, but like, I don't give a fuck. Sure. Like, I don't. Like, Brienne is awkward. Jamie is a piece of shit still. Like, yes, mm-hmm. Jamie's honor was confirmed. He did fight for the living, but he still seems Cersei. He's always seemed Cersei, but yeah. he made an oath, and he was like, fuck you, Cersei. I'm putting my oath before you, and I'm going to come back. Right. Whether you take my head or not, that's beyond the point, but he's still loyal to Cersei. He loves Cersei. He's done, like he says in the episode, he's like, right when he's leaving Brienne, he's like, I pushed a boy out of a window, crippled him for the rest of his life for Cersei. I strangled my cousin to be with Cersei. I would have killed every last person in River Run when the Blackfish was in there. To be with Cersei. Right. It's like she's the, she's my kryptonite. That's basically what he's saying to her. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, that part I enjoyed. I'm like, yeah, let's get back to Jamie being a jerk, being, being who Jamie is. But other than that, they wasn't needed. Right. But I, I didn't care. I don't care. I'm not upset. Well, like, it, I'm not gonna was, go. I'm not gonna go rage on the internet or complain yeah, about it. It was needed because there, there needed to be a way for Jamie to justify going back to Cersei. There needed to be. He could have gone. He didn't need to be a special guest at the at at Winterfell. They could have been like, "Jamie's going back home. Peace out." Yeah, that's true. Like, like that whole like after banging Brienne, that's fine. You can bang Brienne that one time, but they made it a point in the meeting oh, of of it, saying like he's gonna stay behind with right as a special guest of the mm-hmm. Lady of Winterfell. Like we didn't need that. Point. Yeah, yeah, you're like, right. They could have been like, "Jamie's going back. He up. He you know." Everybody give him safe passage. Well, that was also that was also the writer's way of saying, like, you know, this was Brienne kind of being lulled into a false sense of like hope, hope, and and whatnot. You know that she ends up with Sir Jamie Lannister, and you know, and then for that to be pulled away from her, stripped away, it's like he is Brienne's going to kill Jamie. You think so? I mean, yeah, she's got to free him from his fucking chains, mm. and she can't. She's not going to be the one to kill fucking Cersei. Let's just be honest about that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's either Danny, John, Jamie, Tyrion, or Arya. Those five are going to kill Cersei. Sansa's staying in Winterfell. We're going to keep Sansa in Winterfell. She can't leave Winterfell. We need someone. We need a we Stark. Always, and Stark always needs to be in Winterfell, right? And Arya just went peace out, hombres. I'm going on another whirlwind adventure with the Hound. Yeah, I don't. Which I'm super pumped that we're going to get a scene with her and the Hound again. I don't think that Sansa's going to leave um, Winterfell, Winterfell ever. Again. ever I, don't, again. I don't. I don't think she's so. staying there forever. It's till the end of her day. She's staying in Winterfell. And I enjoyed when Tyrion went up to Bran. And he's like, "I'm envious of you that you have all the world's knowledge." She's like, "Don't be. I'm stuck in the past." Mm-hmm. Which is another thing that could they could bring back with this whole Night King thing, even though nothing was hinted, and that's okay. I don't care if the Night King, if another Night King exists, if they bring it up, I'll be like, eh, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm not hoping for it. I'm not striving to f- get that. I, it, it was just really sad when Bran's just telling Tyrion, he's like, I'm stuck in the past. I, yeah. don't, I don't exist anymore, basically. Right, right. He's like, my physical form's here, but... I don't get to do anything. I yeah. just keep having to relive everything just to understand the mistakes of the world and help you all get to a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that Bran will connect himself like the three, the old Red Raven did, like connect himself to the Weirwood Tree? I mean, Tormund's going north. He could, I mean, Bran doesn't need to go north. He could go to the God, he can go to the Isle of Faces or he can stay in the Godswood. I think it'd be, I don't think he would do it in the Godswood. <laughs> yeah, say. right. That'd be a little creepy like for everybody in Winterfell. Gen- generations of Starks walking through the Godwood. Oh, and this is Brandon Stark. <laughs> He's the been here for a thousand years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. a little creepy. Um, yeah, he could. I, I, uh, the the original the I three mean, eyed they, raven the three eyed raven that we had was yeah I mean there's been multiple three eyed ravens and this three eyed raven was like fuck it I'm staying in one place and I'm gonna have them come to me if they need me yeah 
and he helped Bran and Jojen and Mira and Hodor all get to him. He, well, through Jojen, obviously. It was mostly Jojen that got everybody there. But mm-hmm. Mira, Mira and Hodor were the, <laughs> the, were the, the fists. The muscle. Yeah, were the fists. Oh, I miss Hodor. <laughs> Someone the other, oh, I was just at a, man. At my aunt's, and Madison was watching it with her friend, and her friend's like, I love Hodor. I'm like, oh, honey, you don't even know. You're going to lose him. You're going to lose the Hodor. Lose the Hodor. Willis. Willis used to talk. He was a person. (laughs) Dude, did you see the actor who did, who who, the actor who was Hodor is in, so in, in Europe, KFC is a big deal. Okay. Uh, when I was in London in 2006, like KFC yeah. was my favorite meal there because it tasted like home, <laughs> and nothing else tasted like home. But anyway, so KFC is a pretty big deal. So they got uh, the actor who plays Hodor, and I guess they're running a new product, like a new meal kind okay. of thing. And it starts off that Hodor is a <laughs> He's he's a KFC worker. Oh no. And all of these people start flooding in at like at like lunchtime. <laughs> and they all start going, chicken and fries, chicken and fries, chicken and fries. And it's just like all these people are yelling chicken and fries at him. And he's like, chicken and fries, 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 chicken and rice, chicken and rice, chicken and he stops and he goes, Chicken and rice? And then there's a guy who's like, Oi! chicken and rice and they're like they're like kfc now offering chicken and rice for lunchtime meal or something uh-huh. like that so it started off as chicken and fries yeah and they did the whole hodor thing uh-huh. and turned it into chicken and rice i was like that is super creative and cool it's flavorful right yeah that's a good one um and he's just doing the whole thing yeah. chicken, and, chicken and rice chicken and fries chicken and fries chicken and fries Chicken and rice. You know, chicken and rice, you know? Yeah. It was awesome. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the um, I, so we're all separating. Like, we in this episode, we, what I did enjoy about the episode is that we were all together for the Battle of Winterfell, and we were all together, and now we all have to split up because Daenerys is too stubborn to let everybody rest for a little bit because right. she could have she saved the dragon. The yeah, dragon dude. could be alive if she wasn't so selfish. Right. And that's when we get into Danny versus Sansa. My favorite little tat. Uh, tat yeah. right now. They're just... It, it, Sansa will do whatever she can for her family and John will do whatever he has to do for his family. There's just this little gap between her and John right now where John is like, we have to do what the queen bids because honor. Yeah. And Sansa looks at that as your, your mind is your judgment is being clouded because this is a pretty girl that you like, and she likes you back. And right, but John is showing he- John's showing resistance now because he doesn't want to bang his aunt. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you know, John wasn't raised in the Targaryen ways, and no. in every other family in the Seven Kingdoms, it is besides the Dornish. Besides, the no, North. I don't think that the Dornish are are in, that they that they would be incestuous. 
or that wasn't him in Oh no, she was a sand. Never mind. Uh Oberyn's wife was a sand. El- oh Elia, yeah. It, um Elia Martel. No, no, no. Elia That was his sister. That was his sister. Elia Sand, I think it is. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Alara um, Sand? Yeah. Um Yeah, she but but the Dornish also look at bastards from a different yeah, they don't look at them light. as bastards. They just see right. them as people. I mean, Oberyn was great when he said right. when he said that he was like, you know, a child born out of passion. How is that a bad thing? Right. You know, and I do like the Dornish ideas when it comes to you know like making s- love, sex, and and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but in none of the in none of the houses of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. Aside from the Targaryens, was it ever appropriate for family members to be? I don't think. No, no, not at all. Together. No, you I don't know? think so. No. And so that's John. Yeah. So John, John having that upbringing and not having that Targaryen upbringing that would have been like, oh no, it's totally fine for you to yeah be with your aunt or or he just needs sister. to talk i think him and jamie just need to sit down for a second <laughs> yeah jamie be like hey dude don't feel guilty about it i banged my sister and then john be like oh yeah that makes sense yeah but <laughs> i banged my twin sister dude <laughs> oh it's so gross it is dude. gross it is very gross um but i so we were all splitting up and we got a couple goodbyes yeah john sam and torment torment is like you go up the north and yeah, you mm-hmm. should just come with us. And he's like, yep. I wish I can, but I fucking can't. I'm locked down by all these crazy bitches. <laughs> all these bitches got me doing things I don't want to do. <laughs> just want to go live in the just north. Just want to go live in the north with my friend Torment and my dire wolf ghost. Yeah. Just bang wildlings because mm-hmm. they're great and free and don't have a king. Yeah, right. And can go and roam. I I we might see a torment though because he does that little hole. You never know. When John's like, oh, I guess we'll never see each other again. He's like, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Sam, you're my best friend. Yeah. yeah. Where's Sam going though? Sam's not going anywhere. He's staying in Winterfell. John was the one leaving. Oh, that's right. We had to ha- we got to say goodbye. And then John realizes that Gilly's pregnant. I'm glad that they did that. Because even though she, yeah, because she's really, yeah, but pre- that really breaks Sam's vows, man. Yeah, but Sam, you know, is it? Sam was a Night's Watch member, but he was never a Night's Watch member. I mean, Gior Mormont would have taken his head just the same as he would have taken anyone else's. True, head. but I think that's where I was getting to earlier: is that the Night's Watch isn't really a thing anymore, that's, right? Now. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's something to be said about that. It was but, the living in the dead at that point. Yeah. Right? The Night's Watch didn't matter. The Night's Watch abandoned Castle Black and every yeah. other castle and went north. And I, I well, the wall, the wall's been breached on that yeah, side. You know, so I like, mean. What's the point of the Night's Watch? Because they don't know. Because everybody thinks that the White Walkers are gone now. Yeah. So why man the wall? Yeah, that's true. I think it's a null and void thing. I think we just put it on the back burner. And obviously, I don't think it's going to get resolved in the next two episodes. So we kind of just have to accept that Sam's good. Yeah. He's not getting his head chopped off. Mm -hmm. You need every living person now. What's the point of killing people after they just lost so many? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Definitely. 
lost a lot of people. So many people. I'm very curious, and I know that we will never hear about it, but I'm very curious if, like, the Glovers were attacked by, you know, if, like, Deepwood Maw was was attacked by uh, White Walkers. I don't think so. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. It could be one of those ones that just gets stuck out into the ethos, (laughs) you know? Um, So... Okay, I want to hear your thoughts on the biggest, biggest news of this past week from last week's episode. The infamous coffee cup drama. Oh. <laughs> that, oh, that one. That thing. So for, so. A, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, <laughs> during the feast scene when Danny, was, which we've we have talked about, you know, on this episode so far, but Danny was, you know, getting all bent out of shape because everyone loves John and all of this. And while, while torment was, you know, singing John's praises and John had his back turned to Danny. I saw him ride that thing. (laughs) (laughs) The camera pans out and you see, and they have since corrected it it's not starbucks well yeah no it was it wasn't a starbucks cup but it was a disposable coffee cup with a white plastic coffee lid and a little you know cardboard colored coffee sleeve on it and it was from their craft services you know like that they have on set yeah um and it, it just, was a local Ireland business, right? And it and it just got it got left on the coffee table, and or I'm sorry, on the table, a coffee cup got left on the table. Is that a coffee table? That's yeah. a table, man. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's a coffee cup on a table, and it yeah. and it tripped me up. Um, we didn't even notice it when we first. I didn't it. notice it I when I first watched it. it at all. I don't and, even think Skirky noticed it because he would have pointed that out to us right, right away. Right. So none of us noticed it. And it is what it is, you know, and, and people are like, been oh digitally my God, removed. I can't believe that they would do that. That just shows how like how over it they are and how much they don't care anymore. And I don't think that that's it at all. I think mistakes happen. Shit happens. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah it's, are you kidding me? On every single on every single TV show and movie on, I, fuck up on IMDb, they have a, a section in the on the page sure. that says continuity oh and it tells all of the like missteps yeah. and screw-ups like oh in fight club brad pitt walked into this door and the door opened inwards and then you know he's <laughs> and then he's standing in the doorway and the doors opened outwards my favorite my favorite little mishap is in star wars a new hope when the stormtrooper walks into the fucking the door opens when they're on the Death Star, or not on the Death Star, when they're on uh, Lord Vader's ship. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the door lifts up where C-3PO and R2 are, and the fucking Stormtrooper literally just walks into the fucking <laughs> and they left it in the movie. That's they so never good. took it out of the movie. That's so great. That's a good one. Yeah. So, I mean, to that, to the coffee cup thing, one fucking make a game of thrones and then come talk to me if you want to criticize a little mistake oh. i think your headphone died i think my headphones just died nerds boo all right i'll get new headphones boo Andy Tessberger. but yeah it's one 
if you can accomplish Game of Thrones, then you can criticize and not making a mistake like that. Two, these are not robots making these fucking things. It's humans. I've... I haven't started the timer on half of my episodes that I've had. I don't I don't care about the timer. It's out of sight, out of mind. When they're filming that scene, when Tormund's hammered and we're so fixated on Tormund talking up John and being men and chugging a horn again in front of everybody, he's flexing. I don't care about a coffee cup on a table. Yes. Don't get me wrong, I see their point. It's a little irritating that somehow even the editors missed the coffee cup. But it's such a quick little thing. I had to pause it twice to get it right on the money. Because I had to watch the episode and actually physically confirm that is on the episode and someone didn't just digitally alter it. I, I didn't care. I wasn't that mad about it. I didn't I didn't care mistakes, whatsoever either. Mistakes happen. No one's fucking perfect. Right. It's a coffee cup. Now, if it was like someone in modern day clothing, I'd be upset. I'd be like, <laughs> why is that person even in the scene yeah. in the first place? And why did we even yell action while right. that person's right. in the scene? It's a fucking coffee cup. Someone had a sore throat and had some herbal tea. We don't know what it was. Who cares what was in there? Is a coffee cup? Get over I it. I hope it was bourbon. I hope it was bourbon too. I hope it had some kind of alcohol. In <laughs> yeah, it. right. It's just. So uh, Sophie Turner just, was on uh, on uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon a sure. few nights ago, and he asked her about the coffee cup, and she's like, "I don't know, but who is it? Who is the coffee cup closest to?" And she just totally like was like. Amelia Clark did it. It's Amelia <laughs> Clark's fault. <laughs> I was I, like, good for her. Yeah. Because it's so dumb. Like it's really dumb. And it's and that goes back to what I was dumb. talking about earlier. Oh, shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to what I was talking about earlier with right. you know with with the people with the critics and everybody just like shitting on this season and they're like, you know, it's some of the lowest rated show episodes and blah 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 and it's like. Yeah, they're wrapping things up. People don't like that they're wrapping it up, and they're wrapping it up in a way that, you know, some people don't think is the way that they should they should end it. And fine, whatever. That's your opinion, Go man. Go read the book. Like the dude says in The Big Lebowski, yeah, man, but, like, that's just your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But right, no but, one needs to put it out on the internet all the time. Yeah, Get your greasy fucking fingers, <laughs> remove them from your keyboard, and go watch the episode again, bitch. Stop tattling on people. Like, yeah. no one cares. Stop being a baby. That's that's basically, that's what it comes down to. I, I understand that people are going to have their opinions. I respect most people's opinions. But if you're going to be angry and insult people on the internet, I'm going to not respect your opinion more yeah true story but then again no one listens to not a not a grand amount of people listen to this podcast so i'm not really worried about people getting upset with yeah. the statement yeah and if someone listens to this in two years they're not gonna give a fuck what i'm yeah, saying exactly. right now exactly about that matter because about about game of thrones that they're like oh yeah that show ended two years ago like <laughs> yeah i mean anyone who watched the show lost and when they had such a huge sure. like problem with how the show ended or like <laughs> Sopranos, like 
it's become a joke now. I mean, I remember yeah. at the beginning of the at the beginning of this Game of Thrones seasons, and they were like, "Oh, watch, you know, the last time HBO had a, a major series that ended, you know, they ended it by just cutting to black, and you know, they they it better was an not artistic choice. they better not do that in Game of Thrones they're and all this." And I'm that. like, "Of course, they're not going to do it." But how fucking funny would it be if Game of Thrones was just like, "Yeah, fuck you." And they were like, we're going to do a total Sopranos out, yeah, you know. Cut to black. So, yeah. I See, okay. So when it comes to Game of Thrones, my, my, my favorite television show, personally, for all of you people out there, I love Game of Thrones. But my favorite show is How I Met Your Mother. And that ending, people, most people shit on that ending. That ending is not kindly sought after everybody thought that it ruined the series in my personal opinion i love the fucking ending they built that up throughout the last season the whole last season was built up to that and even in the eighth season they did a little thing and it's in one of the episodes it's one of my favorite episodes but they hint at spoiler alert skip five seconds if you don't want to hear the spoiler alert the mom dies. I thought that was great. I thought that was okay. Yeah. It's totally fine. Yeah. It makes sense. We're not even focused on her. And if we really wanted to have a relationship with her, they would have introduced it to us, introduced her to us before the series ended. We would have got her two seasons beforehand and it would have been lovely. Right. And we would have got a relationship. And I think that's what people were hoping for to get like a season with the mom and Ted making the family and you know yeah having babies and all that stuff but the show's called how i met your mother the right. last episode is going to be him meeting her that's the whole point right now whether or not they live happily happily ever after that was the writer's choice i agree with the writers yeah it made it, it made the ending more bittersweet and it made it it made sense to me and however they end game of thrones i'm gonna look at it how I look at things. I can't make that show. Mm -hmm. I didn't make that show. It's right. their baby. It's not mine. Right. I'm going to either agree and, or disagree. And they're they're the ones that came into it with the you know, with the idea. They've so many they've people massaged with, it and yeah. fostered it to the point where what it is and you know, it's like And for all of you who don't know, so many people have been trying to make Game of Thrones a movie for so long. Right. These two gentlemen D.B. Wise and David Benioff were the ones to get the show. They yeah. went and had a meeting with Sir, with George R.R. R. Martin, and he asked them one question after dinner. Right. Who is John's mother? Mm-hmm. They guessed the correct answer, and apparently they're the only ones to figure that shit out in an interview and give the correct answer. Right. And that's how they got approved. And he's even said in interviews they stayed 97% faithful to the books, what they could fit in the show. Right. If you read an audio book or listen to an audio book of any Game of Thrones books, it's 24 hours to listen to, an, uh, to a whole book. They can't fit 24 hours in one season of a of a show it's just impossible to put all that detail in there and all the backstory you have to do so many flashbacks and 
of different scenarios and then that'd just be a whole show on its own hence why they're making more seasons of game of thrones right so i just came across something that's really interesting sure and it totally so to the cup thing fuck all you haters yeah exactly (laughs) get over it no one gives a shit about a coffee cup yeah get over it. continue on with your life enjoy the show for what it is and carry on. It wasn't a vuvuzela, okay? A, like a bright green vuvuzela. Like it's not. It's nothing. It's nothing crazy. It's a coffee cup. Get right, over it. Right. So I that's just, the end of that. I just came across something very interesting that goes back to the conversation that we had probably about two or three weeks ago, where sure. we were talking about the longevity of the dragons and how would dragons be able to carry on. Um, and I came, I came across a Instagram page a few weeks ago. Ooh. Um, (laughs) it's called GOT castles on Instagram, GOT underscore castles. And I believe that it is foreign. Um, it doesn't say where they're from, but they post really unique, um, like art fan art or art that's been in you know books or or things like that um some of the some of the art i've seen uh multiple times but the guy also or the person who also uh who runs this also like hand builds mini models of the um the castles of westeros yeah. which i think is really cool as well and like every every couple hours they'll put these like random facts up and they call yeah. them, they call them castle facts. Ooh. And I just found one, you know, it says, uh, it says castle facts, 99 plus according to Stepan Barth and Maester Eamon, dragons are able to change from one sex to the other. So dragons have a, like a, her, her, hermaphroditic, Okay. Um, capability. Interesting. Um, which a few, you know, there are a few uh, species in the current world that we all live in that can do this, where they can basically breed children. Oh shit! By themselves, you know, they can, or not children, but offspring. They can breed offspring by themselves. So, so Drogon can make some babies. So if that's if that's true then Drogon could probably lay eggs and hatch dragon eggs. Sick. Right? That'd be dope. Maybe we'll, maybe what they'll do is make a couple prequels, and then they'll give us, like, 20 years after us. Yeah, right? That'd be sweet. That'd, that'd be, be, that'd that be, that'd be pretty, would be pretty cool. cool. Give us a break from our story here. Go back in time a little bit. Give us Aegon's Conquest, you mother truckers. I want to <laughs> see him and his sisters, and I want to see Blarion the Dread right? just burn down Hall. Yeah. Ugh, <laughs> fucking metal. But <laughs> on that note, I think we're going to... Yeah, there's not really much to talk about anymore. I, I think we were just really on that mad queen thing because it's going to be interesting what we see with Danny to be completely honest. I, I, I don't care if she goes mad or not. I just foresee her going mad just with everything that's going on and how much she's lost over the years. And then we just get an overload of loss. Right. And 
She has to deal with this John situation. She has to deal with this John situation. Deal with Sansa. I think, deal with Tyrion. Deal I with think Varys. that um, I think that Grey Worm's gonna go fucking ape shit, dude. Grey Worm's gonna take down a lot. We're gonna get a track shot of him, like how we get John sometimes, where yeah. he like fights a bunch of people and kills a bunch of people while he's wrong. Grey Worm's gonna be fucking. I think up that, I think that'll be pretty cool because I think Grey Worm, dude. What if we get a Grey Worm mountain fight? <sighs> I don't know about that. Dude. They can't. They can't take away the. Cocaine I wonder ball. if they do a Grey Worm mountain fight where the mountain might succeeds might succeed, and then that brings the click the click game ball. Yeah, dude. It'd be sick. That'd it's be gonna be dope. cool. It's going to be whatever, whatever. Whatever happens, this episode is going to be very cool. Amelia Clark said uh, a couple of weeks ago, "This is the craziest that, episode. that episode five is bigger than episode three. Yeah. So some shit's going down. I'm pretty excited. And we get man. the Golden Company. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. We just don't have elephants. I yes. wish we had elephants. Yeah, but they can't travel. I know. It made a. It, they, I'm glad that they. He was like the elephants can't fit. Yeah, they, they 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 did bring that up. If this was in Essos, we would have elephants. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, Skirky and Matt Purcell next week. Everybody. It's oh, going the to last be, one. Yeah. Are we gonna do an uh an after episode? I think so. Yeah, we'll do an we episode. Well. We'll do an episode before. It could be, it could be quick. Yeah, it'll, it'll be like thirty minutes to an hour. It won't okay. be too bad. And just wrap it up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because like having you try guys and, come try down and talk to this, through tears. Yeah, have you <laughs> having you guys come down? I mean, you guys could come down to the city. I'm, I'm sure we will come down for the city for other recordings, but yeah, you know, maybe maybe to wrap up the um, adventure the the adventure of Game of Thrones, we do an hour or so yeah an hour pure yeah of like pure reaction right after the episode when it's fresh yeah you know i mean maybe we could see what people think about that if if we should do it if they want to leave comments and tell us no one's leaving comments no one's leaving comments (laughs) so there's no point leave comments people like (laughs) us share us subscribe subscribe click that click that bell oh wait i'm still not on youtube Get the um, goddamn bell. Get the goddamn. I'm getting there. Um, yeah, I, I. We should do it. I think it would be better. I, I, for the last episode, it only makes sense because we're gonna be so raw after it, and we're just gonna be, because we don't. There's no theories to predict. We can just talk about everything in the episode, and every time we get off of an episode, we literally cover everything that happened on the episode because we have three memories right on the episode. So it's not like we can't cover everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it'll just be more fun that way. Just cool. be. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with it. Sweet, I'm down with it. So all right, um, whatever whatever you guys want to do, I think Skirky <laughs> will probably be down with Skirky's it. Skirky's down with it. So, all right, cool man. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this week's episode, and uh, yeah, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll we'll do it up. Yeah. All right, everybody. The night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs> <laughs>